Welcome back to the Scarlet Fever, the Daily Nebraskans' own sports podcast. Today, we're going to be recapping the Nebraska football win over Rutgers last week and previewing the big game in Purdue this upcoming weekend. I'm your host, Joseph Meyer, here with my co-host, Gavin Struve. Gavin, how are you doing today? I'm pretty well. I'm getting back on getting back on the regular schedule like the Nebraska football team is with a full week and mm-hmm. um, looking forward to, I mean, it's going to be just an incredible slate across college football this weekend. Oh, absolutely. Um, this Nebraska-Purdue game, while it has top of the Big Ten West um, <laughs> rights they're playing for, um, it's like the probably 15th best game. So looking forward to a good week across the sport and uh, just talking about the Big Ten. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Big Ten has a big week, but even outside of the Big Ten, there's Obviously, Tennessee, Alabama, which is going to be awesome. Uh, Michigan, uh, Penn State within the Big Ten. So even though uh, Nebraska has a night game, primetime game, it's not necessarily the uh, marquee matchup of the weekend. Um, just to start here, let's dive into the victory over Rutgers. Uh, we won't dive too much into it because, you know, it was a week ago. But um, Friday night game in Piscataway came away with the win. It was, certainly was not pretty, um, as as we yeah. saw but a win is a win, um, and good teams find ways to win. Um, what, what's your biggest takeaway from that victory over Rutgers? I mean, I guess my biggest takeaway is they won. Yeah. I, mean, I, I predicted an ugly game. We were talk, both talking mm-hmm. about it like that on the uh, pod last week, and I think that was definitely uglier than right. either of us expected, but um, also showed Nebraska's medal to come back and have a pretty impressive defensive performance in the second half and good enough offensive performance performance in the second half after how awful they looked um in the first so yeah um some positives to be had there um maybe, maybe more <laughs> negatives but they won yeah I mean, matters. for me it's the first time i've seen as a student at this university first time i've seen back-to-back big 10 wins um i'm not sure if you've ever even seen that yeah it's I think, been a while i think first time since 2018 so yeah. that that predates me believe it or not yeah so you know even though it's indiana Rutgers. It's still, for, for a Nebraska program that's been at the bottom of the Big Ten, it's still a big step in the right direction. Um, and I think according to most rankings, including mine, Nebraska's in that 7, 8, 9 area of the Big Ten right now, um, regardless of how you know strong they started the season. It, it's honestly pretty crazy to think that just a month ago there was zero positivity um, around Lincoln. And now sitting at 3-3, three and three, there's a you know realistic chance that a victory this week would put them you know, sole, you know, title of the big sole lead of the big 10 West, which is crazy to think about. I don't think either of us think that's going to happen. Um, but you know, a win over Rutgers puts them in that position. Um, I, it was weird for me because, um, watching that game, it was, you know, it was frustrating to see how, how, how frustrated the offense looked in the first half. Um, but in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, this the the way that Mickey Joseph has really attacked this team is about that passion and about that comeback spirit, that underdog spirit. And, you know, falling down gave them that opportunity to come back in the second half and, and really put on a better effort. Yeah, I mean, this is what you look for when you fire your head coach. This is why you fire your head mm-hmm. coach. What was it, three weeks early and dropped seven and a half million to do so. I mean, you hope that the interim coach, um, someone who's already in the program will revitalize them and give them something new to rally behind. You've seen it with Nebraska. We've seen it with a few programs across mm-hmm. the country. Um, I think Georgia Tech's won two straight. There's someone else I'm blanking on. Wisconsin, Wisconsin won, won last week. One yeah. big. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's paid off those. Uh, 
I don't know about Indiana, but I don't think that Rutgers game is one that Nebraska would have won under Scott Frost. No. Um, yeah, that, that's what I was. That, that's what I was talking with. It, it, Scott Frost doesn't win that game, um, in my opinion. They get the ball back and need to run down some clock, and it's a three and out or a turnover. Rutgers gets the ball, scores, and then Nebraska throws another turnover on the other, you know, resulting drive. We saw that so many times last year in those close games. And granted, to the team, they uh, found a way to not do that in the victory over Rutgers. Yeah, I have a question. So, do you think? Nebraska is decidedly better after their last two games than you thought before. I guess entering that by You know, it's hard to say because I think this is kind of where we expected Nebraska to be coming into the season. So maybe it was just a return to a little bit of that expectation of, yes, they're beating Indiana, Rutgers, and these lower-tier teams. Um, I I think we all knew they had this potential. I think that's undoubtable that – they had the potential to beat these teams. It just hadn't happened so far in the beginning. I wouldn't say they're a better team. I think they're just finally putting their potential together, I think is what I'd say. What about you? That's fair, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of wild because I I feel like there's kind of a more optimistic aura around the program, mm-hmm. um, and deservedly so. Um, two Big Ten wins in a row is no no small feat. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's – it's not, it's not an inconceivable outcome. Um, it's kind of more surprising how downtrodden Oklahoma's been since that right. game. Um, and it's also crazy that Nebraska lost to Northwestern considering how bad they are even in comparison right. to Indiana and Rutgers. That, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're either of us are talking about Nebraska seriously as a Big Ten West contender. Um, I mean, it's kind of just making light of it while it's happening. Um, it's you have to at least acknowledge it. I would say if they win this week, we have to at least acknowledge them as mm-hmm. a realistic Big Ten West contender. <laughs> would you agree with that? I, I would. I would definitely agree with that because um, Purdue has shown to be, you know, in that I wouldn't say driver's seat, but definitely up there. Yeah, um, good. with Illinois, and if Nebraska manages to take them down, I, I think absolutely Nebraska has somehow turned around a program that was in the dumps and now is a front runner for the Big Ten West, which would be crazy. You touched on that Northwestern thing, and I, that's something I want to ask you about. Um, after seeing these last two years of the Week Zero game for Nebraska, I think it's time that the, the athletic department says no more Week yeah. Zero games. It, it's ridiculous to think that this Northwestern team, I don't think they – I honestly don't think they would stand a chance against Nebraska if they played tomorrow. And, you know, had Nebraska got them in an upcoming week – They'd have a chance to be three and zero right now in the Big Ten, which would be insane. Um, so I'm not a fan of the Week Zero games. The Ireland thing was cool, but it kind of set off a. I think it's important to have those, you know, games to really. That's the why. That's why you pay so much money for these schools like North Dakota and Georgia Southern. Obviously, they lost to Georgia Southern, mm-hmm. um, but that's why you pay so much money for them to come in. It's for your team to get a couple get right weeks, figure out the kinks, you know, kind of you know, move forward with that to start the season with a Big Ten game against one of the worst teams. Granted, still a Big Ten game. I'm not a fan of it at all. Yeah, that's that's a fair take. Um, I think, I think like, the kind of idea of, like, money has been just totally skewed in college football with mm-hmm. everyone was talking about how big, of a, how big of a surprise, I guess, and it really shouldn't have been that Nebraska paid that $7 million to get off Scott Frost three weeks early. Um, and you kind of look at that, like how easy, like how, how worth it that seems now. And then like people like to make light of how when a power five team gets upset, um, how much they, people love to tweet out like so-and-so paid 
Southern Miss $1.3 million to play this game. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, kind of like going off what you were saying, it's you see it's worth it for these teams. Absolutely. Every single win they have. Like, it's if that's a near-guaranteed win, it's worth $1.3 million mm-hmm. for them to build that confidence and get those fans in there. Um, I mean, Absolutely. less so when they lose, but just kind of a abstract mm-hmm. thought I had. No, yeah, even for teams like Rutgers and Indiana who started the season 3-0, and uh, Nebraska wasn't able to start the season three and zero, but for those teams that did, it you know at least for those three weeks put their teams in conversation in the Big Ten, and it made their games more watchable. If Rutgers goes out there and starts against three Big Ten teams and goes zero and three, we stop paying attention for them the rest of the season. Um, but because they were three and zero, we thought, well, maybe they're a sneaky good team. Um, I I want to ask you about Rutgers. A couple more things about Rutgers. I I didn't understand the decision to take Vedral out. I know the offense wasn't clicking, um, but it certainly didn't look much better without him. Um, obviously, their offensive coordinator lost his job. I don't know if that was his decision um, or Shiano's, but I, I wasn't a big fan of that move, even from a Rutgers perspective. From a Nebraska perspective, I thought Simon's much more of a opportune to throw interceptions, and that's mm-hmm. how it ended up working out. What did you think of the move to change quarterbacks for Rutgers? Yeah, definitely going in the game, I think we both viewed Simon as the lesser of the three quarterbacks, um, and Wimpside didn't play. But um, I, w- I was definitely surprised to see Vedra out there, but um, certainly didn't expect that kind of performance out of Simon. Mm-hmm. Throwing three picks in the second half. Um, I thought he was at least like a viable power five quarterback, if below average. Mm-hmm. I mean, better than anyone Iowa has, but maybe not. Those guys kind of take care of the ball a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't think it would be a death knell for them putting him in. Um, I guess I'd give Rutgers the benefit of the doubt and assume they were limiting Vedral snaps due to um, nagging injuries. And he took some hits from Nebraska yeah. to their credit. But yeah, it was it was interesting how how much they went with Simon down the stretch run. Yeah, I I was impressed how they jumped off the gate looking like a much better offensive team. Um, than they and actually that, were. Yeah, yeah, you know, that first drive, it's like, oh, boy, you know, this, they're going to be throwing the ball downfield, big plays. Nebraska's been able to kind of avoid those in the past game in the last couple of weeks and just off the off the drop, just drops a, you know, a huge gain um, and then did so again on the next drive. I'm sitting there thinking, man, this Rutgers team's going to have their way with Nebraska's defense. And then defense kind of settled in, and that was the end for Vedral. And then Simon came in and wasn't able to do much at all, which – ended up being the difference maker in the game. Yeah. Uh, flipping to the other side, I think my biggest takeaway from the game, um, maybe like a point of concern, was that Nebraska was able to like get its consistently throughout both halves. Nebraska's offense got the ball to its playmakers. Yeah. I mean, they incorporated Travis Vokalek, which I was happy to see. Um, they kind of had a hard time getting Trey Palmer the ball early on, but eventually was able to do so. Um, part of that is he had like that 40-yard gain that was called back for mm-hmm. – Offensive pass interference, which we yeah. saw, we saw a bunch of those on both sides. I think it was three or four. That yeah. was, that's got to be. I, I've never seen that it's ever. Like, it was absurd. I mean, I don't know if it was real. I mean, I think most of them were warranted, um, but man, the, the refs were not letting anything slide on the offensive side. Every time it was like, who who was that on, um, and went against the offense. That yeah. definitely hurt Trey Palmer in the beginning. Yeah, no, but I, I was uh, I was impressed with how Nebraska got the ball to. Um, eventually they got the ball to Trey several times. Um, they incorporated Marcus Washington a lot, mm-hmm. who we've seen some games can be like about at Trey's level. I mean, he's a, he's a blue chip guy. He's a talented guy and, um, a guy that I've been happy to see. They've incorporated a lot, um, being Casey's former teammate. Uh, so they got arguably their, probably not even arguably their be- three best pass catchers involved. 
Um, Anthony Grant toted to the yeah. rock. I don't know how many times, 20, something yeah, like that. Yeah, 19. Um, he also got involved in the pass game, six catches. So Yeah, and that was good to see. Really, I think, really spread the ball around. I think that was probably the biggest offensive development, positive-wise, um, other than getting Vokalek involved. But yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised how – like that wasn't the issue, like getting the ball to their guys. Mm-hmm. And overall, like you'd say, pretty poor offense performance. Yeah. First half was terrible. Second half was eh. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if that if that's not the issue and the offensive line was bad but only let up one sack, I mean, this offense, we've seen flash the brilliance, as we right. said, so many times, but it just needs to find some consistency if it wants to achieve the things it thought it would. Um two months ago yeah I think a lot of that in the first half was Thompson was just under constant pressure and he was just throwing the ball up to his credit he didn't take the sacks which has kind of been our criticism of him of him not throwing the ball away but in this game he kind of threw the ball away and twice into the the opposing team's hands Um, I guess maybe development for him to get the ball out quicker um, but I think he needs to work on getting it to you know a little bit of a safer area Um, yeah I was impressed about how they spread out the offense as well we love to see Bo collect it in there the most impressive part of the game, I mean, obviously the two touchdown drives were, were nice, I, was that drive to wind down the clock. That is something that we have not seen Nebraska do almost, ev- at least for me, almost ever. Um, yeah. To be able to take off five minutes um, in a really close game like that, um, There was they were helped by one, one of that penalty um, that was really dumb on Rutgers' end, but um, Grant converted a fourth down in the fourth quarter. That was huge, and... Just some nice development that we had not seen under Frost um, really at all in his tenure. Yeah, and it wasn't perfect. I mean, like Nebraska would have had to punt the ball away Mm -hmm. um, a few minutes earlier if not for that late hit. But like those are those are like opportunities where like last year Nebraska would have probably faltered. Yep. Um, And like we saw that against Indiana, like Nebraska won by two touchdowns and could have been more. Um, They took a they went to the victory formation like the 30 that week. Mm-hmm. Um, but they it was tied going in the fourth quarter, and they made big plays. I mean, we saw that even against Georgia Southern when Frost was still coaching. The offense went down with, like, what was it, seven minutes left and went ahead, um, which I don't think last year's offense would have done in the fourth no. quarter. Um, and credit Casey Thompson on that. And then, obviously, Nebraska's um, horrible first, first quarter of the season defense uh, blew that against Georgia Southern, which we might have a new – we might be seeing a new defense now, but yeah, I mean, I guess just some that all have positive, positive developments in the team's composure yeah. in close games. Definitely. Do you think that's mostly Thompson? I saw, I know Northwestern, he had that late interception that was very Martinez-esque. Um, but since then, in the close games, he really hasn't made any major mistakes in the final minutes. Um, and that was obviously Martinez's biggest criticism last year was he couldn't yeah. perform in the clutch. Um, so you think that's mostly Thompson or is that more of an offense as a whole thing? Yeah, I want to. I want to note real quick. It's crazy right now. Martinez. I mean, they've been pretty limited with him, but he hasn't thrown a pick yet. This year. <laughs> just, just crazy. Um, but yeah, I think I think Thompson's a big part of it. Obviously, um, the coaches kind of talked about it more at the start of the season, and some of those leaders did too. It's like it's just such a big deal to get this new blood in the program, and that's one way, place where the transfer portal helped. Is they got these right. new guys in. Their offense is mostly, I mean, as we know, transfer driven. Um, and these guys weren't with the team last year when they had all these issues, like overcoming close games. Um, so they don't have that same anvil on their chest, um, and they can kind of redirect the um, feel of the program. And it's it's um, 
it's been impressive to see. We haven't seen anything like crazy yet. Them winning. Um, I mean, uh, last week was a uh, was pretty was pretty impressive. The fashion which they yeah, won that there were there was game. definitely opportunities late in against Indiana that they could have faltered but didn't, mm -hmm. um, and there were definitely opportunities late where they could have against Rutgers but didn't, which was nice to see. Um, only other thing I, I wanted to talk about on this Rutgers game, it, it, I don't. I'm not, I wasn't sure. What, did it seem to you that they were passing the ball much more than they have typically this season? I was expecting much more of a run-dominant team, and I, I didn't really see that. Um, obviously, Nebraska's defense was able to kind of stop on those two field goals specifically deep in their own territory. They were able to stop them. Um, but I was expecting a lot more rush from Rutgers. They had a solid performance, but um, it, was more of an e it was more of a balanced attack from the Scarlet Knights. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, I think part of it probably stems from the fact that um, they had that success early on. Mm -hmm. um, we saw the first two drives, they hit like 35-yard passes. Um, it was weird. They just both looked the same. It was like 35-yard passes. Receiver goes up over Malcolm Hartz yeah. on both times, falls to the ground right after. It was almost the um, same exact play. And I, I wasn't – Hartzog got subbed out after that, did he not? Maybe for a couple. I think plays he did for a couple least. plays. Um, I was kind of deceived because they put Brandon Moore in, but that okay. was actually for Quentin Newsom's gotcha. injury, which um, I don't think was noted on the broadcast right away. But um, and that's another big thing I think we'll hit on later is um, hopefully for Nebraska he's back. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean Hartzog obviously bounced back. Um, Rutgers probably would have done better as we saw um, to run the ball more. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but yeah. should have stuck to their formula. Yeah. Anything else you want to touch on from that Rutgers game? Not really, no. I think we hit on about everything. All right. Um, I know you wanted to get into a little bit Big Ten West talks. We want to do that, or oh yeah. All right, let's do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you if you want to, let's jump right into that. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so what was what was your uh, little proposal that we do here with these Big Ten West teams? So right now, well, we still have this kind of very up in the trying air. Trying to think of a PC way to say it. Yeah. Um, just this cluster of teams in the Big Ten West with little. Um, just a little discerning one from yeah. another. I think it'd be kind of a cool exercise to go back and forth and draft our Big Ten West title contenders. Yeah. Um, it's You could pretty much pick any of them yeah, at this point based I think, on records. So Yeah, I wanted to get out ahead of this now because I think we'll probably get more clarity this week. Definitely. Um, and then like, but even a couple weeks ago, like we thought it was Minnesota pretty confidently and now it could be any number of teams. Mm -hmm. um, so being the generous person I am, I will give you first pick. I was really hoping you didn't give me this first pick. It's probably because, more difficult to pick first, actually. Um, this might be a controversial take. I'm still going to go with Minnesota. I'm okay. still going to go with Minnesota despite the loss to Purdue. Um, I think I think Purdue in that game, if Muhammad Ibrahim plays, they maybe don't win as – I mean, it wasn't necessarily dominant in the final score, but I don't think they win as convincingly. Um, I still like Minnesota's balance a little bit more. Um, and I like their defense a lot better. So I'm going to still go with Minnesota. They still have everything ahead of them outside of that Purdue loss, um, and they have one less Big Ten or I guess now they would have the same. But um, I, I would still take Minnesota. I think I still like their prospect going forward, but it's very, very close for me. Gotcha, yeah. Um, I, was t I was pretty tempted to go – I think the chalk move would be to pick Purdue now because they have that, um, you know, they control their own destiny mm -hmm. with that win over Minnesota. Um, I think Mo Ibrahim definitely de being back is definitely a big thing. 
Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a little little off the beaten path here, not too much, and I'm gonna pick Illinois. All right, you have been high on Illinois from the jump. This I've been unreasonably high on Illinois <laughs> this season. It's paid um, off so far. Yeah, I mean, I think that that opening loss to Indiana was Man. absolutely confounding. Um, Again, I don't like those early season Big Ten games. It, not a fan. Yeah, it's just, I know it was week one, but and then like Purdue, Penn State, that ended up being like an awesome game. Yeah, but I think that was the right result. Who won? But I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I feel like that game would have been more exciting. Like now. it was an ugly game. Yeah, two two good teams. But that was an ugly game. But yeah, anyway, I mean, Illinois started out pretty well, except for that loss. They had some blowout wins over some okay teams, um, and we didn't really see that much from them until the last two weeks when they. Blew the doors off Wisconsin, single-handedly got that Paul Chris fired. That was incredible. Maybe months, dare I say years in advance? Yeah. Probably, they probably would have. I don't know. Wisconsin's trending downward, but um, I digress. Um, and then that, that greasy win over Iowa this as, past Saturday. As any win over Iowa has to be pretty much. Yeah. It's an ugly game. But That's that's peak Big Ten West football. <laughs> Brett Bielema rolled up his sleeves. They muddied it up. and. Yeah. With one of the best running backs in the country in Chase Brown for Illinois, um, Illinois was able to pull that out. Um, so they lost to Indiana, which obviously isn't going to present them with as big of a challenge as Minnesota in terms of like tiebreakers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say, I don't know. I'd say, I'd say, I feel like still Minnesota and Purdue are the better teams, but I think Minnesota, or I think Illinois looked pretty much as good as either of them yeah. in conference play. I think Illinois and, and Minnesota are very similarly constructed teams, actually, with a dominant run game, um, dominant defense. Um, so it'll just kind of be whichever one can put those two things together. Purdue is very opposite, and I'll go with Purdue at number three. I think those, at least I think we'd be in agreeable, those are the top three yeah, contenders that's gotta, right that's now. That's got to be like um, the number three. Year. Which are, it, it's exciting for the Big Ten West because typically, I mean – it's typically been Wisconsin, Iowa, that in the last at least you know five six. Obviously, Northwestern had those years, but Wisconsin, Iowa really have been the, the main main contenders in this division. So, so to see these three teams kind of stepping up, um, but I'll go with Purdue. They're very opposite of what Illinois and Minnesota like to do, and they love to pass the ball and not run it at quite as much. Mm-hmm. Um, still very high on Purdue. I, I know I skipped on them at number one. Um, I I like. Obviously, I've said I think they're going to beat Nebraska this week. But going forward, like you said, they control their own destiny. That Penn State loss is kind of way in the rearview mirror. Um, and Penn State is a much better team than I thought they were going to be. So that that win has improved, has yeah. gone on. The Syracuse win has much imp- is way better than I thought it was at the time. Syracuse is still undefeated and it is ranked. Um, so I think Purdue should be ranked. You think Purdue should be ranked in the top, AP top 25. They're not at the moment. But I think – Pretty soon they will be if they continue this winning ways. I'm going to take them at three. Yeah, I think that's pretty. That's the pretty clear tier one. Um, even though, even though record wise Nebraska is in that group um, with those teams being two and one and Minnesota's one yeah. and one. Um, I'm going to take. I think this is like to me. I don't. I don't know to you, but I feel like this is the clear next choice. Um, I'm going to take Wisconsin next. Okay. Um, I mean, we've seen this team's been in a pretty gradual like. Very gradual decline the last, I don't know, four years. Um, last year, they were 9-4, and four, didn't finish ranked. Uh, the year, the last few years, they haven't made the Big Ten title game. Um, so maybe maybe it isn't smart to pick them <laughs> in this particular exercise. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's still a pretty good chance, especially looking at their schedule coming up, that they bounce back and win 
Um, I think I think the most realistic scenario is they go seven and five. They're uh, three and three right now, but I could like, would you be shocked if they end up eight and four and have no. a pretty solid year? I think Jim Leonard. I as much as I didn't really agree with the Chris firing. Um, I think Jim Leonard definitely being in there might provide a, provide a spark. We saw it against Northwestern. Where they blew the doors off a team, which is terrible, but Wisconsin had not really shown much ability to win at all, and so an, an, a dominant win was definitely an improvement for them, um, kind of a return to what we thought they were at the beginning of the season after week one. And um, So I like that pick. It, it was very – it's close. The only reason I would consider – I'm going to take Nebraska because okay. um, I'm – Northwestern and Iowa, I'm completely out on. Um, I just am so out on both of those teams. Um, the only thing I think you could argue with Nebraska is they have one less Big Ten loss already, um, and Wisconsin does have that loss to Illinois. So for Wisconsin to jump Illinois is going to be difficult, um, assuming Illinois keeps winning. It's easier for Nebraska to jump Illinois, assuming they do beat Purdue and Illinois. Um, that would be my only you know, difference there. Nebraska pretty much controls their own destiny. Um, Wisconsin technically does not, but they certainly could if they keep winning. Um, so yeah, I'll take Nebraska. Yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the prize you get by losing to a team you shouldn't. Right. Um, you control your own destiny, as we see with Illinois and Nebraska, um, because those teams won't be contending. Um, I'm gonna go Iowa for sure over Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I I this is this is a tough thing to say but i think i was closer to wisconsin and i think that was the team i was debating picking fourth okay um and i was so i was curious to see which way you went with nebraska and iowa um and i don't necessarily think that's the wrong pick i think nebraska has a chance at winning decent chance of beating iowa in iowa city um month and a half from now um but i'm i'm a lean iowa um i think uh I mean, they won the division last year. I think they deserve as horrible as their offense has been. <laughs> they have an elite defense. They do. And they deserve some benefit of the doubt for winning 10 games last year. Um, looks like their next game is going to be lost, too, given they're at Ohio State after a bye. <laughs> yeah. um, but then, I mean, their schedule is pretty difficult. So I, I definitely like them over Northwestern. But they're at Purdue, at Minnesota. They host Wisconsin. That'll be a good game. Yeah. Not a, not a fun game to watch, but a good game competitiveness wise mm-hmm. nebraska doesn't have ohio state also so you don't have to mark that obvious loss in i mean yeah. i guess we can't mark it in but i'd say that ohio i put a significant amount of money on uh, ohio state to beat iowa uh i w- i guess i was kind of looking at more of like which do i not think is a better team um i'm not confident about nebraska's ability to beat iowa uh, come november but i was looking at it more of which team has a better chance of winning the division if everything goes right I think for Iowa, the chances of them passing teams like Minnesota, Purdue, and Illinois is slim to none. Whereas Nebraska could, if everything goes right, if they're potent, if they live up to their p- potential, if Mickey Joseph's crazy run continues. I don't like Iowa's, you know, prospects of even if everything goes right. I still think that offense is abysmal. So, uh, I guess I'll have to go with Northwestern unless I can skip on them. Enjoy. Um, wow, Northwestern, what a year. <laughs> I guess they got their they got their one win. I don't know if they're going to get another one, um, but just an abysmal, they, abysmal look for it them. Doesn't it doesn't look like there's another one on the schedule? I they, would do say, they play in? Do they play Rutgers or Indiana? This is kind of a no. This is kind of a sneaky gauntlet. We'll run through this quick for the <laughs> sake of time. At Maryland, at Iowa, that's probably the most winnable game. Versus Ohio State, at Minnesota, at Purdue, versus Illinois. Wow, that's a gauntlet. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, Northwestern might be finishing 111. How bad? I, like, even if they finish 111, I don't think Pat Fitzgerald get fired just because he's... No, yeah, he's built up too much equity. He's built too much, and he's done what most people have not been able to do at Northwestern. But that is crazy that the expectation at Northwestern, they're getting that new stadium. Yeah. Did you see that? Um, Downsizing a little bit. Yeah, that's, it's needed. It's, uh, I don't know when the last time they had a sellout without a lot of the opposing team's colors in the stands. Um, anything else you want to get to before we talk about this Purdue game come upcoming? No, that's about it. Awesome. Um, I think we'll see. I think we'll like as we talked. I think we'll see some clarity with this race. Obviously, with Nebraska and Purdue going head to head, and then see if any other teams drop off. Um, Minnesota at Illinois is a massive one. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to make a quick pick for that? Minnesota, Illinois. Wow. So it's in Illinois. Yeah. Um, do you want the spread or no? I don't want to cloud your judgment, but I'm going to assume Illinois is favored because they're ranked already. Is that true? Minnesota is a six and a half point favorite. Really? I don't know. They've got would, Mo Ibrahim, but okay. Without they have him. Oh, they do. Okay. And then I, I would pick Illinois plus the points there. Here's something I forgot. Um, Illinois quarterback Tommy DeVito is supposed to be out. Okay, that is true. Um, and Art Sikowski, their backup, is probably one of the worst quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Yeah, he, he was out. He he started the Nebraska game last year. Got yeah. injured. And for Peters came in. in that game. Yeah, as everyone seems to do against Nebraska in week zero. Um, I, 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 I still think, I guess I got to stick with my stuff. I, I guess I'll go with Minnesota there um, if DeVito's out. I don't think that's too big of a too big of an issue for mm-hmm. Illinois. I think their passing game was already one of the worst parts of their team. But, um, yeah, definitely. I, I'm so, so excited for the, the, the West race. I know a lot of people would say, oh, it's such a bad division, but Man, I, I think this is what makes Big Ten football fun is it's so competitive in the middle of the conference. Yeah, it's just like it's like it goes along with that saying that like bad college football is fun, bad yeah. NFL is not. Like this is this is probably like, I don't know, the seventh best division in college football, but it's mm-hmm. like still fascinating because these are these are name brand schools and like it's so close and yeah. yeah A six to nine Iowa, Illinois game watch. doesn't matter, but the storylines that come out of it certainly, you know, shape yeah. up for how the Big Ten West is going to go. Um, but another one of those big, huge Big Ten West games is Nebraska-Purdue. Somehow is a huge Big Ten West game. Um, if we sat here a couple weeks ago, we would have marked that off as probably a, an easy loss for Nebraska and kind of move on there. Um, I'd still say Purdue is big favorites. They're favored by a lot. I think they're definitely right a better team. So. But you still got to talk about the game because anything could happen in the Big Ten, in a divisional game um in october um you did you're gonna have your scouting report out by the time this episode's posted um what do you think gonna be the biggest storyline going into this game between purdue and nebraska i guess the biggest thing i'm looking for is i think the most the most interesting outcome would be like this being a close game Mm -hmm. which i kind of like see it becoming um i i also have purdue winning this um but like the whole body of work from both of these teams, like even though Purdue's looked decidedly better, kind of implies this is going to be like a close, muddy game. Um, so that's that's what I'll be watching for, and um, I'll be interested if Nebraska has any chance of pulling it out, if that's the case, and kind of how Purdue. Um, I mean, that's kind of the mark of a good team if Purdue finds a way to win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think 
Nebraska keeping it close would definitely bode well for them going down the line with, I think, winnable more winnable games against Wisconsin and Iowa. Definitely. Um, it's crazy to say that, but definitely. Yeah. I think Illinois, M- Minnesota, Michigan are definitely tougher, or at least as tough as Purdue. Um, but I think keeping it close would definitely be Nebraska's best outcome other than winning, of course. Um, avoiding that Oklahoma-style blowout, which was not fun to watch. Um for me, it's just kind of this how you like you said in your uh, scouting report, Purdue's played a lot of close games. Is that going to be a trend that continues? Because um, Nebraska likes to play close games as well. Typically, Nebraska loses those, like you said. Um, so is Nebraska going to be able to keep it close? Because I think they are much more well suited to win close games now than maybe they were at the beginning of this season. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, this is this is a game that I had circled preseason um, when we thought Nebraska might be a Big Ten West contender, <laughs> yeah. which they've turned out to yeah. be. This was one of the games I had circled preseason as like a near definite loss. Um, I yeah, was, you were very high on Purdue and Illinois coming into the season. Yeah, I was like more credit. more sure that Nebraska. Was, I was more confident Nebraska would lose this game than any game but at Michigan. And I even thought, Oklahoma, I, I, I remember you, you know. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know why Nebraska got routed by Oklahoma now. It worked out. I mean, neither of us were hot. We both said Oklahoma's not a top-10 team, and yeah. they certainly were not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's this is a tough game. Um, and Illinois, or sorry, Purdue's looked about what we expected. Uh, they're 4-2. and two. They've lost two good teams, beaten two pretty solid teams the last couple of weeks. Um, this is a tough game for Nebraska. They've got a chance to win. Not a great chance. Um, I know we haven't made our predictions yet. Do you have an idea in your head of like what you think the most likely outcome is for how this will play out? I'm kind of – I know you said it in here. I, I'm kind of on page with you, kind of a high-scoring shootout that Nebraska went, loses maybe by a touchdown or so. I I don't see this being a defensive battle by any means, I, I'd say. Um, you know, Purdue's got a solid defense. Um, it's not elite by any means. I, I don't know. What, what do you think? Do you think Rutgers has a better defense than Purdue? I, I, I might be on that page. I'm not hundred percent sure there. Um, I don't know. They rate similarly high. Um, I think Rutgers defense is like kind of legit. I think it's closer to average than like top 25 where mm -hmm. it is now, um, rating wise, but I think Purdue's probably ends up better by the end of the season just because we saw Purdue had a pretty solid defense last year. Yeah. Um, pretty comparable to Nebraska's and it was it was good, not great. Um so yeah, but I think it's I think it's a defense Nebraska can move the ball against. I don't know if it's a defense Nebraska will move the ball against, but yeah, I'm kinda leaning towards this being a game where it's like a moderate Moderate scoring shootout, okay, which is kind of like what a Big Ten shootout is, yeah. more like thirty-one twenty-seven or something like that. So like in, like like an in Indiana, Nebraska, not necessarily yeah. this type of game, but more of that kind of score. Lots of yards, not as many points. Yeah, I could see that definitely. Um, how much do you think? I'm interested to see how because obviously Nebraska's rush offense, rush defense has been worse this year. Purdue doesn't like to run the ball as much. I'm interested for that matchup of yeah. the Purdue uh, passing game versus the Nebraska pass defense. Um, didn't look great against Rutgers at the beginning of the game. Uh, kind of settled in there. Um, I think 
Purdue is they don't like to throw the ball as much as Indiana did, um, and they definitely do it much better than Indiana did. But still, a game where it's definitely going to be the focus is more on the secondary um, and trying to get those pass breakups like it was at Indiana. Yeah, that definitely favors Nebraska. Um, I think, I think honestly, Nebraska would like Purdue to be a tiny bit more run inclined because mm-hmm. um, they'll be pretty predictable. But Nebraska isn't like so much. They're definitely better against the pass, but they're not like so much skewed one way that like right. they prefer. It would make that much difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think Purdue is going to put up a ton of yards. I would definitely take the over on 300. I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't, that's maybe, crazy. Maybe 350. The over under is probably like 340 or something. I don't, has Nebraska uh, held, you're saying take, that's Purdue's? Yeah, if, I'm, I'm just throwing out like a hypothetical. Yeah, I don't, has Nebraska held a team under 300 yards this season? I don't think so. I Get back to you on that. I, I don't um, think so. I'm talking passing yards. Oh, okay. Got but it. I mean that will be that will be like most of Purdue's offense though. So they could put up 340 pass yards and be under 400 right. total That's yards. That's true. Um, but yeah, I mean the big thing is going to be if Nebraska can generate a couple turnovers. Mm-hmm. I was pretty surprised and impressed with that last week, especially from it was three dudes who hadn't. Mm-hmm had a pit had a interception yet this yeah. season granted most te- guys on the team hadn't except yeah it's Buford, Buford had a couple but... Reimer had one I think someone else but yeah. yeah um so yeah that'll that'll kind of be a big determining factor yeah I I'm, I'm really interested to see how that plays out because like we've said they love to throw the ball around um and they've done so well um obviously Charlie Jones is one of your guys is to watch um but it was really just kind of the Nebraska pass defense last week gave up 240, around 240, I believe. Um, I, I expect them to give up a lot more this week. But if Nebraska can match that, you know, they could keep it close. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I don't know, that like part of the reason why I think this will be like one of those like quote unquote moderately scoring blowouts, like I said, is I don't see Nebraska's offense putting it together enough to play with Purdue in like a 35 plus point shootout. Mm-hmm. Um, Nebraska's got a good offense. Um, I would still lean to like, I would still lean like it, it's an above average offense. Right. Um, I mean, the skill position dudes are awesome, but it hasn't been able to like, I mean, we last week was pretty bad. 14 points. Um, Indiana, it looked very up and down and managed 35 points. One of those was a special team score. And then Oklahoma, it looked really bad. Um, so it's going to be, again, it kind of comes back to Nebraska, forcing turnovers out of Purdue um, and then turning yards into points, which is something it struggled with last year as well. Absolutely. Um, not to ramble on, but something that just came to mind is there's like a really interesting stat that these two teams share. They're both top five in red zone touchdown percentage. Which, like, if this turns into the close game that we both kind of expect, that could be a, ter- a determining factor. Yeah. So I, I don't think they win. At least I don't think they win against Rutgers without those three turnovers, at least without one or two of them. Um, and probably not against Indiana either, given oh, yeah. the punt, you know, the the punt block. So, yeah, I think the turnover battle is definitely going to be something to watch. Um, I... I know we last we've given our X factors in previous weeks, um, 
this week, I'm, I'm really not sure. Where are you leaning on guys that you really think need to play well for Nebraska if they want to win this game? Yeah, that's tough. Um, I, <laughs> I've i got two of them, and it's kind of just recycling names. Yeah. And it's funny because we talked about before recording how everyone kind of outside of Nebraska talks about Nebraska's offense as this three-headed monster. Right. Um, Casey Thompson, Anthony Grant, Trey Palmer. And it's really more than that. Like, the, the other receivers are pretty good. Um, but, like, I'm I'm going to answer one of those guys um, because of the way that um, we kind of see this game going. So um, I'm going to say Anthony Grant. Purdue hasn't let up a 100-yard rusher yet this, yet this season. Um, and we've seen Grant's – he's been very good – overall but we've seen his results be up and down kind of the last yeah. couple of weeks in terms of yardage which doesn't tell the whole story um like i think against both oklahoma and Rutgers, he had like between 20 and 40 rush yards average like two and a half yards per carry um so i think that's it it might not be like one of the biggest determining factors but i think it will be a telling statistic um whether grants held below 50 yards or if he explodes for another 100-yard ground game um, because we know Nebraska can pass the ball. Um, I think I think they've displayed that. There might be some turnovers mixed in, but they're going to be able to do that. And um, they like to run the ball, so that's going to be a big part of them keeping up with Purdue because they're not going to stop Purdue entirely. Yeah, no, I, I would agree there. I guess just to differ with you, I'll go with maybe defensive line, try to get some pressure yeah. on O'Connell. So I'll go Nelson because he's had a sack in the back, uh, past two games. Um, try to make it three for him. Um, actually, I don't. Did he have one in, against Oklahoma? I'm not 100 percent sure. I think, he, I think he did in like garbage okay. time, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, so kind of stringing together sacks for him. Um, I think pressure on O'Connell is going to be huge because mm-hmm. if Nebraska can get pressure on o- O'Connell, um, really going to allow the secondary to kind of sit in and maybe you know get some of those coverage, uh, you know, sacks that we've seen. Um, but I think Nelson's definitely going to be a big piece of this. Um, I, if, if O'Connell has time to sit back there, um, just kind of dice up the defense. I, Nebraska's chances of winning are slim to none. Um, they don't have to be very balanced if O'Connell has time, if he has all day to throw the rock around. So I think forcing, um, forcing Purdue to be balanced is going to be the most, um, beneficial, you know, aspect of this defense. If they can kind of force, uh, Purdue to run the ball, you know, mix it up, then they might have a chance of, uh, you know, stopping O'Connell from having one of his monster 400-yard passing yard games. Yeah, that, that's a really good point because O'Connell is not a – I wouldn't even say he's a no, mobile quarterback. No, not at all. He is a um, true pocket passer in the purest sense of the word. Yeah, so that if they can go and wreak havoc, I think Nebraska's defensive backs can hold with Purdue's receivers athletically well enough. Yeah. Um, and then we, we know Purdue's down to just one of its top three running backs, so – yeah. yeah, that's that's a good pick. That is a massive X factor. Um, is there anyone that stands out for you? It's kind of hard to pick a dude out of the crowd, but is there someone that you're um, looking at in Nebraska's roster as someone you see kind of being the next breakout guy? Um, I think Hartzog was that guy the last couple games. Uh, Brandon Moore maybe too getting that interception. Is there someone yeah. that you think could be next contributor on either side of the ball? Um, we saw Yant get in there, so I, I might just go with Yant for, yeah. for that reason. Um, had a, you know, solid, you know, for what he had, he had a solid day, mm-hmm. um, four for 22 averaged more than grand average. So 
I guess you could say that's a positive. Um, obviously, uncertainty with Irvin there. Um, you know, I think we've both wanted the Yant train to get going a little bit. Um, so I'll, I'll go with Yant just as a little bit of a breakout. Uh, maybe if uh, Nebraska finds themselves in the red zone, they can power it down in the down in the end zone with him. Um, I think out of anyone, he has the potential to be a breakout star, but hasn't really done much so far this season. What about you? Yeah, he's definitely showed that juice. I mean, we saw what hundred and something yards against Northwestern last year. Um, so yeah, I thought he thought he'd play a little more, um, and he might be the backup running back now. So good on him. Um, I'm gonna stick on the same side of the ball, kinda. Um, I'm gonna pick Tommy Hill. Okay, yeah. Um, I was thinking about that doing that, but I didn't know how much of a factor he's gonna play. I don't either. I mean, I'm I'm gonna kind of hedge this with. I don't know that he's even for sure gonna see the see the field on offense yeah we've kind of had that precedent set with a number of guys like Ramir, obviously <laughs> um, we've we've kind of detailed on this pod um so it'll be interesting if he finds the field but nebraska's receivers which is a position group we like a lot um is looking a lot more thin than it had in the yeah. past weeks um isaiah garcia castaneda pretty key um, backup is enter the transfer portal. Definitely. That was an interesting development, but yeah. Um, I mean, Tommy Hill now wearing his number offensively. Yeah. Um, and then Omar Manning, who was a starter last year and has been a, I guess I'd say a key backup this year, um, suffered an ankle injury in his day to day. So that kind of opens up some playing time. Um, ideally you'd see a guy like Ramir slot in there. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that that's going to happen, so I'd almost say there's a better chance we see Tommy. And the way that they talked, the way that Mickey and especially Casey Thompson talked about Tommy at that presser yesterday, like made it seem like he's more than like an option, like more right. than like a depth piece. Thompson was talking about how he connected, and you know he's like, I've never thrown the ball to him, but I was connecting with him on what I think he said like 100% of the deep balls. Yeah, so that's I mean that's a certainly an interesting development. Didn't really do too much on defense but hey maybe if you can find a spot for him at wide receiver you know you really only need him to be fourth best guy and you know that's a pretty still solid uh receiver group there yeah i mean he's a four-star guy um he was recruited as an athlete he had i think like two seasons of 800 receiving yards each in high school at a i think a pretty big high school um he played at one of those florida powerhouses so mm -hmm. um it kind of goes along with the saying is find your athletes a place on the field um hint hint with ramir but um <laughs> yeah this has become the official ramir johnson hype pod um and he's uh he's also a, a journalism major oh, too so yeah. um kind of fits our <laughs> fits our podcast in that way um but yeah tommy hill um He's, he's been a kick returner, too. He's, we've seen him a couple yeah. times there. So um, it's all kind of playing out where I, I think it's more likely than not that we see him on offense this week. Um, Casey, Casey talked about him as a nice compliment to Trey Palmer, who's one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. <laughs> so I don't well, know. I hope, <laughs> hopefully Casey knows what he's talking about. I don't know what that means. I just have a hard time thinking you can slot in someone that quickly and have right. him be like, even get a few targets, I'd be pretty surprised. Yeah. But um, and Nebraska doesn't need anyone there. Um, it would help to have another guy there, especially someone athletic as right. Tommy. But yeah, I'll be interested to see um, see that. And he kind of seems like the most clear breakout player among dudes who haven't like made any major positive contributions this year. No, yeah, absolutely. If if he broke out, I mean, pretty much anything on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, that'd be a huge uh, breakout guy. Um, it, definitely interesting because we saw Alante only got one, I believe only had one target 
Um, he only had yeah. one catch last week. Um, Vokalek got in there a lot. I know he got chicken up a little bit, but um, definitely uh, will going forward. We'll have a lot of targets. Um, so there's definitely a lot of you know not as many targets to go around. But um, without Castaneda in there, who has gotten not a ton, but a, you know a few here and there spattered yeah. in, um, I think Hill could definitely fill that spot. Uh, anything else you want to touch on on this uh, Purdue matchup? Not really. Um, I think we'll save our – I mean, we pretty much outlined it and it may be subject to change, but I think we'll save our um, outright score predictions mm-hmm. and more in-depth analysis for our score predictions um, preview, which uh, will be coming out, um, I think, the morning after this pod drops. Um, so, yeah, I think that's I – think, yeah. I think we hit on everything for that preview. No, absolutely. I think – it's it's an interesting time because we get to see Purdue and Nebraska fight for a Big Ten West uh, lead, and whatever happens could really change the outlook of both seasons. If Purdue loses, it's kind of a step back to reality of maybe we aren't as good as we thought, and if Nebraska mm-hmm. wins, um, certainly that would be a crazy moment for uh, Nebraska fans in Lincoln. Um, that is all we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week to talk about this Purdue game um, into the bye week and kind of dive into where the Big Test, Big Ten is heading um, going forward. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you then.